0: it's time for the talk colony podcast we have a lot to talk about a lot of hard things to talk about and one good thing is we have a surprise guest host tonight we miss jay he's not he's not with me tonight so that's not the good part but the good part is that we have pete from the street here with us welcome pete Surprise! (laughs) I am here. He's here. You've probably seen uh, Pete live tweeting. Uh, Tell him your handle, Pete.
1: Oh, um, your Twitter handle at SMS underscore Pete. There you
0: go. And he's usually got the hashtag Team Broussard going. He he has the hashtag Team Broussard shirt. So I'm just telling you up front in this podcast, he is. He has two of them actually. He is strongly, totally. Would you say hundred percent Team Broussard? Is that is that a fair assessment, Pete?
1: Yes, I am, and I'm really glad that you brought that up so early in the podcast because it's going <laughs> to come into play, and and not in a way that everybody thinks. It's going to come into play in a totally different way because you know I, I'm fair, so we're going to talk about that in a little bit.
0: Okay, he, he's fair. I mean, it, it makes it even easier since I love Brassard too. He's, I mean, to me, he's the hero of the show. <clears throat> Jay's not listening. Okay, all right. Well, let's let's dig in. We know there's some some tough stuff. To talk about tonight, um, everyone who's listening has presumably watched the episode, and we lost Charlie this week. So let's just put that out there right away, and say we are bummed. We are sad. What other kind of words do you have about that, Pete? I um,
1: I, I don't I don't know if there are any real words when you break down the actual what ha- actually what happened and uh-huh. what happened too um why it happened for the purpose of the show is something that I need to still um understand but I feel like there's no way that people just it's too cruel to do that <laughs> when you don't have a really big thing to follow it up that's really going to you know give you oh, right. justice and peace of mind at the end so
0: yeah so you're kind of hoping that by the end of the season it's going to be like well that happened but we got here and it might make a little more sense i mean i, I don't know that you can ever really make sense of it but i I see what you're saying you know it's it's hard to it's just hard to swallow right now for sure um but so we just want to get that out there at the beginning and we're going to work our way up to that event and we start out with a little bit of a, a flashback scene we finally see the bugs guy the guy with the bugs bunny tattoo and so he's the guy that managed to capture the click rap whatever you want to call it um mike from pop culture review likes to call him skippy uh so you know there's another option for you pete um but so we we finally saw him and once again we saw vincent and and mcgregor kind of at odds and um the bugs guy was giving McGregor a hard time you know basically calling him a coward that you know he didn't really participate in the mission so we're kind of we are seeing the same thread over and over where McGregor he wants to be the boss he wants to be the leader he wants everyone to follow him but he just doesn't seem to be getting a ton of buy-in for his agenda would you agree yeah, I mean,
1: he's more of a management type and he needs to let the workers work and he wants to be like the worker the, the leader that leads by example and he's just not good at it, I feel. But he's good at a lot of other things when it comes to survival and just knowing a lot of tricks of a lot of traits. I'm not saying he's he's horrible at what he does, but he's just not good, I guess, at you know, bravely he—he's—I'm he, sorry. Let me rephrase that. He's afraid to die. I feel because what he mm-hmm. said, "You ran, you ran." Oh, well, I saw a patrol. Now, who says that and who runs? You know, somebody who's afraid to die,
0: right? Because yeah,
1: you know, it wasn't about the mission. It wasn't that he—he doesn't—he doesn't know what he's talking about. He just can't do it himself. He doesn't have it in him,
0: and that's the problem. I think it—it it seems to me that if it depends how involved you are or how much of an opinion you have on what he thinks if you have a strong opinion and you disagree then you're going to butt heads if you're if you're not intimately involved with his decision making and you've got a roof over your heads and you're working at the camp and you feel safe then it might be you know it's easier to go along with him but the, the closer you are to him um he just seems to be running into a lot of disagreement and his argument is just kind of um, it's my way or the highway, you know, it, we're on the cusp of something. He used that last night. You know, it's always like, it's coming. We're going to, you know, he, it's like he's pulling the wool over everyone's eyes. And well, I, I think maybe let me he ask, was. Let me ask you a
1: question though. If you invited, you know, some people into your house and they were there, you know, and they, they overstayed and they were there, you know, <laughs> say let's say a year they stayed. And, you know, you're a nice person. So you're not going to, you're not obviously you're not going to kick them out. But now a year into it, they say, hey, you know what, you know what, Tracy? I don't like that you do this, so maybe you should do it this way. And I don't like you do this, maybe you should do it that way. When people get comfortable, anywhere in work or mm-hmm. as a guest or just anything, you start to try to say every my way is the best way, and I find that to be a common thread. And with that common thread, you know, it, welcome to McGregor opened up what that was his cabin with his theories. Hey, I come, I'll keep you. You know, you work, yeah. and I'll help. You know, and that mm-hmm. was his. He it was his show. And even if he changed over time, you know, it's still his show. And you know. That's how I feel about the situation. I'm not saying that he's a good guy or he's right or anything, (laughs) but I understand where that comes from. Of you know, who are you to come in and tell me that what I'm doing is wrong? Don't second guess me. This is my place,
0: my house. That gives that gives me some insight. I I can I can appreciate that. But yet he is putting them all to work, and they're all contributing. So at a certain point, it seems like it should be more of a a democracy. But maybe that's just wishful thinking. Who knows? But um, I mean, we might as well say mcgregor didn't make it out of this episode either so he he didn't he missed the boat somewhere he wasn't doing everything right um because he didn't make it but we we just continue throughout the episode to see this struggle between vincent and mcgregor and vincent i mean he just keeps waffling he has these strong feelings these um like he has this integrity but he doesn't quite know what to do with it he keeps getting swayed by mcgregor you know he'll feel strong about something and then mcgregor will use some of his tools and uh sway him back the other way um so that's just an interesting dynamic as we go through the episode and Vincent is interrogating each person um in the bowman family is there any particular interrogation that you want to touch on pete we've got katie will the kids <laughs> bram gets thrown in there
1: um well here's the first part of that um when you ask somebody, like he's got a Vincent, and everybody in this situation has to, you know, um, you know, muscle up. They gotta get, they gotta get fearless. You gotta mm-hmm. just step up and, you know, man up and just do what you gotta do. It's that simple. You know, you, I understand you want to be human and you want to be humanized and you want to look at stuff rationally and try to, you know, not forget who you were. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is what happens when you're at war, and there's a lot of things on the table. And stakes are high, and you're a leader of that camp one way or the other. Vichen was a leader, and people looked up to him. he was able to have his crew clear out you know the area later on in the episode. so you know he had followers and he knew what he was doing. He didn't mm-hmm. know what he was doing but he had followers, and he like I said, he's just got to man up and stick with it and he kept flopping to you know to, to be in one way and then being another. you know it's mm-hmm. like, oh I only kill when I have to, but am I a killer then? if I kill to save my family, am I still a killer So I understand that that debate. But to answer your pre, to answer the question originally, um, McGregor, when he was talking and said, "You think that's you think this is this is this is it?" When I'm done, I start with your children next. Yeah. And when he said that, I even tweeted out. I said, "He just won the biggest jerk ever in Colony and mm-hmm. maybe any TV show ever for me because mm-hmm. it doesn't get lower than what he said at that moment." Yeah. As invested as I was in 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 the moment, so. He got the jerk of the year award, the jerk maybe forever. And
0: like I said, great writing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, no, they, they knew how to pull the uh, on your emotions. <laughs> Definitely this week, and when he was interrogating the kids, uh, just, just just the intimidation techniques he he tried to use. I mean, if you're um, a police officer or something, trying to get a story from kids about you know about what happened, um, getting their you know their testimony or whatever. You work with them. You you know, that's just not how you deal with kids at all. It, so that was horrible. Um, and, yes, the techniques with Bram and the Russian roulette that, honestly, I thought we were going to lose Bram. Like, that, I was scared that we were going to lose him at that point. When we did actually lose Charlie, they had me fooled. I was like, oh, finally, he's getting up there. You know, he's been a hero. He's he's tough kid, you know. He's the last one getting up the hill, and they got me on that one. But I was actually nervous um, with Bram that I just didn't see that um, working out at all. But I was impressed with Bram for holding out on the information. You know, he was telling Will that's the only leverage we have is is that we know where these blast caps are, and they don't. You know, he wasn't. He was being heroic as well. He wasn't going to give up that information. But yeah, like you said, when he goes to talking about. Um, moving on to you know threatening gracie next will just i mean game over that was that was the last straw um and i thought it was interesting uh katie she kept her composure pretty well because you know none of them were bringing up snyder you know they were they were leaving that out and all their stories didn't match up completely but they were close enough that they couldn't really say they were lying but there were still some discrepancies. But, you know, she, she had a reason for everything. How'd you get out of the block? How did you, um, how'd how your husband get out of um, the block to go to Santa Monica, you know, in the first place? She had all these reasons ready and kept her composure and never brought up Snyder. Um, because that was like their, you know, their last card. And then, with, again, with the threat to Gracie, Will plays that card and tells him about Snyder. Um,
1: Before you go there, actually, I want to bring up a couple of points. Um, yeah. I felt that, that the Vincent McGregor interrogation was maybe one of the worst in questionnaires interrogations I've ever seen because at one point, um, Will's telling him, oh, I went over the wall. And McGregor says, there's no way you went over the wall with a 12-year-old boy. And then Will says, well, no, we got a drone came and vaporized an old friend of mine. And anybody in the world, follow-up question from that would be, well, why didn't the drone vaporize you? Right. And they failed to ask that question, and I felt like it was such an important question to not be asked because I was like, even I would ask that, and i might not even have any skills, you know. Like I know. Ridiculous. The other part that I wanted to ask myself is if. They would have came out and been honest about the whole thing from the beginning because it seems like they got caught in their lies. You know, Even though it wasn't a lot of lies, they didn't get caught in the little lies that they told, the story manipulation that they had. Yeah. Now, if they would have just came in and said, we did this. We got the gauntlet this way. We got this this way. We came in here this way. Maybe you don't have to give up Snyder, but say you know, we knew this because I worked with a former proxy. That's a You're good give point. up Everything yeah. else and been honest, and would McGregor and Vincent have looked at you any differently, McGregor in particular, would he have trusted you more, because he kept saying, you're double agents, and at that point, his theory wasn't so far off, if you're not watching the show like we are, if right. you're in that camp, that theory sounds pretty good, and it's time to get rid of the Bowmans, the double agents, how do you do this, how do you do that, I, I agree with the, like I said, I, I, was, I, I mean, I was against McGregor, because I know who he's doing it to, but if you weren't. Attached to the Bowmans and Colony from season one, episode one, and you put it on over the yeah. last two weeks, you might have a different opinion on things.
0: Yeah, that is a good point. That is a good point. If you kind of had blinders on and just saw them there at the camp, there there are a lot of suspicions. You, 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 I mean, yeah, I can. That's that's very good that you bring that up. But as far as their interrogation techniques, McGregor in particular, it and how he didn't follow up with great questions, which would make sense. Just reminds me even more that he seems to be all about winning or being the leader. He does he's not really trying to get good information from them. He just wants to shut them down. So you know, just like with the click, he didn't inquire further. He didn't keep him keep it up and running and continue to talk and get more information. He shut it down. He's not trying to get more information, a follow-up question with Katie and Will. He's shutting them down and just saying they're traders. So that's just sort of his uh MO. I guess is you're wrong. No, you're a traitor. Stop. I'm the leader. You know, so kind of kind of like a bully. I would say because he had him write the book. He had to keep yeah. him write everything she knew. So he was curious, but not curious
1: enough to ask him directly. Like, yeah. What are you doing, buddy? Yeah. It's a bully. You're right. It's like a bully tactic. Like uh, you're going to do it as I tell you to do it because I want you to do it the way I want you to do it.
0: Yeah, it's a mess. But Will comes Jert. out with the Snyder information, and we shift gears over to Snyder. And I gotta say. I gotta give him props. That was some impressive, uh, like testimony that Snyder shared. The way he described his role in the occupation, the way he spun it, and I. But I think he believes that too. I don't think he. It was just spinning it to make him sound like he saved lives. I think Snyder really thinks of himself that way. I know Jay thinks of Snyder that way. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that every week. <laughs>
1: well, you, you know I what know. I saw. I'll tell you what I saw. I saw um, Peter Jacobson playing Snyder. Uh huh. And what I saw there is that um, he, he, he when we saw him in the other seasons as proxy, we saw him lie. So we saw the way he was able to act the lie. Yeah. When he was doing this scene, he wasn't acting a lie. He, it didn't seem like he was acting at all. He believed whatever he was telling. So yeah, he mm-hmm. nailed it.
0: He nailed yeah. it. Yeah, for sure.
1: He believed and, it. We believed it. And I
0: think they might have even believed it. But McGregor wouldn't believe it. He, he said no. Nope. Maybe he did, but he didn't want to admit to it. Well, him. exactly, exactly. But he wasn't going to buy into it and he said they're still going to destroy the clique. And uh, Vincent goes and makes a little visit to the click, And they have a little interaction. You want to describe sort of that interaction, Pete? Okay, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: this is really interesting. I've done a lot of research around this scene a few times and I've listened to everybody's podcast on it. Mm-hmm. Now what I thought was weird, he came in and he said, we're going to kill you. Uh-huh. And it started to glow red. Yep, and then um, he said out of nowhere he had a weird look on his face and said, "What happened in Dallas?" And then he had like a oh, kind of moment, but we didn't hear any sound coming through at all. So what I'm hearing is that it could have been some kind of like, um, I guess what is those extraterrestri- terrestrial. extraterrestrial terrestrial, yeah. extraterrestrial, yeah, yes, all these, yeah, he he was able to somehow communicate through the mind mm-hmm. to tell him the story. Now that does add up and collaborate. With what we saw in Snyder mm-hmm. with the headphones on and what yeah. we saw with um, – I believe when we saw it, they were at the convention when um, Helena was was talking to them. And we saw – I noticed that they all had ear ear stuff in. So at that point, the, the, the click or rap could have been communicating at the meeting with them when they were making the decision to um, do rendition on L.A. or not.
0: Oh, I didn't so know about I, that. I thought it was probably for language translation like the UN, United Nations. But I mean, you know, it could be. Who knows? I saw your um, phones,
1: and I saw Snyder put uh-huh, yeah. a kind of headphone on. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe that was for the sound. I mean, like I said, it's, it's mm-hmm. a lot to unfold. They haven't really given us much about like the aliens part of it. Well, like, and do you remember
0: when they were kind of doing that surgery on that other um, host or rap and they were putting that core back in them, and they were having to be really gentle and really careful? But then it came back, you know, and they they was successful. So we've seen that core. A couple times too, but we hadn't, I don't recall seeing it light up red. And then when he brought up Dallas, it's almost like that whole area lit up red. It was like a stronger reaction. But do you think he communicated? That's how he, he obviously told them something, right? I think that was the, the rap's way of communicating with, um, I don't, I don't necessarily think there was an audible sound. I think that Lighting Up Red, and then he probed further and talked about Dallas, and it lit up even more. It was like a growing response. I can't. Okay, ex- will well, do one better. Okay. Um, when I was watching it, I saw in the subtitles,
1: and when uh-huh. he asked the second question about Dallas, all of a sudden it said vibrating.
0: And it didn't oh. say that for
1: the first one. Okay, okay. So if you maybe if you put up the mm-hmm. sound on the TV when you replay the scene, you could hear yeah. it humming as a vibration. But like I said, if it's vibrating… What is it doing? And, you know, yeah. I understand, you know, the point of, oh, how, how do they do that? There's no way. It was just like like you said, the global communication is the the logical, mm-hmm. you know, science, scientific answer from what we know. But we don't – this alien tech is shooting missiles or weapons from space that is turning sand to glass for miles and miles and miles. We, they have powers we haven't even thought about yet.
0: Right. Well, I think we can – I think it's – I feel like it's safe to say the conversation, I'm using air quotes – escalated you know then when he brought up dallas it got stronger the response either with the vibrations but definitely with the light it responded it you know it escalated it was a greater response um it's almost like the emotion was rising it's kind of how i interpreted it but still it wasn't connected so it's like how is this happening if it's not like quote turned you know clicked on and then we hear Snyder talking about it being some sort of consciousness. And that was, that was more information than we've received before. So it's kind of like, well, you know, what ability do they have to communicate? And you know, what kind of organic aspects are there to it aside from the mechanical aspects? So, you know, it just makes us wonder even more. But well, obviously, you
1: know my theory, right? No, please share. Well, we found that the alien in the first couple episodes was an organic material, and the raps are obviously oh, yeah. some sort of artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And we know that there's two different species out there that were fighting at that one particular time. So I'm thinking that this is uh, one alien, and this is another alien. the, the Obviously, the rap click is well, who we know, mm-hmm. and the organic thing is not who we know. The other theory that I could come up with, the best theory, is, is that maybe that's part of the um, fermenting process when they put the goo in. The green goo, maybe oh. that's how, how you turn into whatever they're turning you into. So oh. Maybe there's like a process where you turn into this organic species and then mold back and ferment back to you yeah. know what the final end product is. And we just
0: caught it in mid ferment, oh, like from last season in those pods, is what you're referring yes. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. You didn't see the pods yet this season, that's no, I like. no, yeah, yeah, you're right. But obviously, that experience uh, really grabs Vincent's attention, you know, and he goes back and he wonders okay, wait a minute, how will they know if we killed this thing? And then Snyder, he's he's on the ball. He says, you know, he points out that McGregor is not the, the guy who's going to make this grand gesture, this, you know, this big move and not talk about it and not, you know, say how great he is, you know. He's not going to be quiet about it, I think is what he said. So he's like, the word will get out there. And then he talks to him, you know, about this consciousness aspect and he, they have a conversation about being a good man versus a smart man, and can you be both? And where do you draw the line? And you just see Vincent, you know, the wheels turning in his head. He, I feel like he so desperately wants to do the right thing. Like he wants to be a hero, not for the accolades of being a hero. I think he just deep down really wants to make, even if make the hard decision in life and do the right thing. Um, and then is it does Snyder say? Sometimes you just have to be the man in front of the train, so I think that just you know pushed him all the way. And he, in he, he said, "Well, if we ha- we're going to need reinforcements if we go up against McGregor." And they talk about the occupation and tells him how to do the transmission. So Snyder, he just worked him. He just worked him over, and and found his. I think he even described it later as his weak spot, you know, or found the weak link. But let's talk about that for a minute. I mean, he he manipulated Vincent, but Vincent was trying to do the right thing, trying to make the hard choice. Do you consider that the weak link? Um, Vincent was Vincent being the weak link. Yeah, he needs
1: to pony up. I said this earlier in the in the (laughs) the podcast. This is the simple law. This this is the way I look at it. Okay, you have a war. Your enemy, according to McGregor in that camp, is the Raps clicks. That's your only enemy that you know about. That's 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 already shown out there on the board. That's the only thing that you should be worried about. If you're gonna, you know, you have an enemy. Um, a, 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 a prisoner like they have the rap his plan to put a bomb in a train and bring it to Seattle and blow it up is the proper plan if for, for that war if that's your proper enemy now who are you to listen to the a, B, and the so-called enemy to say hey we're not your enemy we're not your enemy yeah. or B two, three people that just showed up and said hey no you shouldn't kill him you shouldn't you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Uh-huh. Who are the Bowman's? Who are these people? They just met them. So as far as I'm concerned, if he if McGregor would have went through with sending the rap on the train with the bomb and it would have blew up in Seattle, guess what? We know that some funky stuff is going on there anyway, from and you know <laughs> Yeah. I am not sure where that um the, the thing that Bassard saw.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know how far that is from like the Seattle. I don't know if that was connected or not at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but like there might mm-hmm. be something like that in Seattle. We kinda got a little um Feedback earlier in the season about what they what they want to do in LA, and they're kind of doing something like that in Seattle. So it would be that they are doing something you know big in Seattle. So if you're really trying to get a big hit, a big blow on the enemy, it's the perfect plan. Mm-hmm. It really is. Now, granted, you might get you know millions of people might die, but this is war, and you know you sign up for that. So I don't think what McGregor was doing was so bad. I just I'm am i my people are not on the team of McGregor, so yeah. Ooh.
0: i just think it's an interesting contrast that i i feel like vincent what he really wants to be is strong and strong in character but yet snyder singled him out as the weak link but but we do have strong evidence that he can be swayed back and forth he's with the bowmans now he's back with mcgregor no the bowman's right no he's back with mcgregor so i mean that that does make him the weak link but what he so desperately wants is to is to be strong you know so i just found it to be an interesting contrast but he goes right along with with snyder you know drops the little breadcrumbs and follows them and he does the transmission and meanwhile um mcgregor has sentenced katie and will and bram to death and he's taking them you know they're in front of a firing squad and the you know you have to kind of follow the timing but the timing worked out just right because as they were going to be Eliminated the gray hats, arrived so there was enough time between the transition transmission and um when they were taken out to the firing squad. And you know, some would say Snyder saved the day. I mean, he certainly his actions stopped the execution of Katie and Will and Bram. That's what Jay would say. So, we can we can say what Jay would say when he's not here,
1: if Jay were here,
0: <laughs> yeah. When he's not here, we can we can talk about what he'd say and give our own opinions. But
1: let I mean, me ask you, let me wait, let me ask you this: um, when they went to shooting range and the sound went off, and they all fell to their knees and they put their their hands hands over their ears, wasn't that very lostic for you? Like the TV show Lost, yeah, when yeah, they used to have like uh-huh. the purple sky and whatever was going on with yeah. the others, and they would always have to put their heads down and yeah, yeah, it just, and then the you see and you see Josh do it. Yeah. And you're just like, I've, I know this, I know how this, I know how this song goes, like I've seen this story. Yeah, it's like Deja so.
0: Vu or something. That's a good point. I mean, Sharon always brings up a lot of references to Lost when we're watching Colony. And I pick out some as well, but, you know, they're, they're in there, you know, whether we're, I don't think we're just seeking them out on our own, I think some of it has to be on purpose don't you yeah (laughs) so just little little easter eggs and stuff but yeah I i had not thought about that one so yeah that is a good one but um yeah so that sets everything else in motion they get away they make a run for it um the campers run for the woods most of them do not make it um charlie hears the gunfire and reacts quickly and you know is banging on the door to get out thankfully one of the campers comes in and opens the door and says let's go out the back and helps them out the back um so they you know they're trying to make it to safety meanwhile um i guess Gracie's grazed with a bullet is that what you think
1: i was i actually have that written down on my notes with a question mark did um gracie catch a bullet there cuz she said she she fell down and said oh, it hurts did she fall down and like fall on a twig or a rock <laughs> or something or does she have some wet in there? Because
0: that—that—that's a game changer right now. Yeah. No, I, I i felt like she was at least grazed with a bullet, um, on her arm, which would, you know, certainly be painful. So she, that's slowing her down. So when Charlie makes the quick decision that they can't run together, there's Gray Hat's too close. So he he says tells her to go ahead. He gets the grenade and takes out that Gray Hat, so she can continue to run to safety. And then he tries to to make it as well. He's cleared a bit of a path. And it's just, oh, it's one of those scenes like in a movie or TV where people are running together. And, oh, it's so close. It's so close. And then, bam. It was just – seemed like out of nowhere. How did I not see that coming?
1: You know, I I want to bring that up because actually I – I, when the when the first couple episodes came out, and it, we, I listened to everybody's podcast, everybody was talking about it. Even you know Ryan talked about it um, on one of the, um, one of the other podcasts. Mm-hmm. How Gracie um, she grew because she's you know when you're a kid and you're in, and you're in um, the TV business mm-hmm. and you have layoff time. Yeah. T V our time frame doesn't really get laid off unless they do a time jump. So right. they had to like they said they had to like put her in certain clothing to make her fit the part and do her hair a certain way because obviously she looks she's getting bigger than she's than, you know she's mm-hmm. supposed to be as a character. So I thought for sure in my mind that if anybody was gonna catch it and it was gonna do if it was ever like that, it would have never been um Charlie, it would have been Gracie.
0: Oh, okay. Because it's really
1: hard to keep up with that character, where you know mm-hmm. Charlie is is a teenage boy, so You can maneuver that any way you want via haircuts and hats and different <laughs> things. We've seen that with the Walking Dead and Call. Yeah. So we know you can. We know you can tone it down and pick it up whenever you need to for time jumps and so on. But I felt like Gracie was going to be a, a little bit of an issue. Mm-hmm. So going forward now, I actually don't know how that how that's going to work out, and I want to talk about that a little bit later. So we'll
0: okay put a pin in that we can talk about it later um that that is that is interesting and like i said i thought bram was going to get it in this episode so once he was okay i I did i felt like they were safe it was chaos but i felt like the bowman's were going to make it but they didn't quite all make it and we lost charlie so um i mean that's a a bit of a, a recap we went into a lot of detail with some areas more than others we had to yeah, this episode. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a lot. To. It's a lot to a lot to cover and a lot to take in. So, do you have any burning questions? I think we have time for us each to ask one another a burning question about the episode. Something we haven't talked about yet.
1: Um, I'm gonna let you go first.
0: Okay, I want to know, and this could just be as simple as a yes or no. Do you think when McGregor shot Vincent, he just said, "I remembered who I was." Did he die fulfilled? Did he die feeling like he had finally been strong and made the the hard decision, or you know, done something? Did, did he die feeling like he had done the right thing?
1: Well, I mean, did well? <clears throat> did, did he Vincent feel like another? it? Yes, he had to. However, I do believe that if you break it down, even mm-hmm. though the Bowmans got saved, more people died. By him calling calling them and saying that code word than that would have if he never said that code word. Because if he doesn't say that code word, then what? A few Bowmans die? And I, Uncle Allen? Mm-hmm. But him saying that code word, everybody else in the camp
0: died. But, okay, and I'm just going to play devil's advocate. If he didn't do the code word in the transmission and McGregor went ahead and uh, with the demolition of the clique and you know the hosts found mm-hmm. out, or is it going to be another Dallas situation? You know, Snyder suggested the whole Pacific Northwest would get annihilated. Do you but, believe Snyder? Um, I, I
1: do believe Snyder, but my I thought about this also because I, I did so much so much work in this episode over the last 24 hours. I really did. I it drove <laughs> myself nuts. It was such a good episode with so much content to come into play and I really needed to get on here in this platform to discuss it. But I felt like, okay, let's think about it realistically. If every person, um, human, fought back and resisted, and killed as many raps as they could. They turned the whole Ameri- the whole planet, into a sheet of glass, right? Mm-hmm. Now, have as that as this happened before with the raps on other planets? Mm. Have they already exterminated two or three planets for not, you know, compromising? And do they have another planet with a defense grid, or they just finish another war? Like I don't know enough of the backstory of the raps to know yeah. if this is if this if this threat is something that they're doing for the first time, or if they've done this before and this is just old hat for them.
0: Right. It's a good, good question. Well, I, I would agree with you that I do think that Vincent died feeling like he had finally stood his ground and, and did yep. the right thing because I think he really did believe that a Dallas type situation could happen otherwise. And I, I have to think it possibly could too. I know that Snyder was pulling strings where he could, but I still think there, it sounds like there's evidence of a lot of truth to that. Um, so do you have a burning question for me or we should we move into our next segment?
1: Um, not really any burning questions. I kind of asked you all of them as we went Along the through it. You know, yeah. yeah,
0: throughout the things,
1: but um I noticed that Snyder said um to to Vincent, "Oh, you could have anything you want, perhaps a uh, château in the Swiss Alps." And then when he's talking later on at the end of the episode, he says, "I'll probably go to the Alps and check out the, the center of the action." That was a that was a big um that was a big thing. So now, do you think, from based on hearing that, that this is indeed their
0: main location? Well, um, it seems like the global authority is there. We saw that last season. So it it definitely seems like a yeah, sort of a command center. Um, yeah, I, I think I think I think that's what they're leading us to believe. But, but if the global authority is there, then where are the raps? Well, who knows? The actual raps, where do they stay? Yeah. How, how do we know? What do they do? That, we we don't know. That has not been revealed. Like, you know, in season one of VIP, a rap came in you know, to visit or <laughs> whatever. Um, so they pop up here and there, but I don't think we've had any real indication of where they keep them, although we did see those what was it, the Blackjacks? Is that what they were calling them? Yes. Um, in season two. And then when we saw them working on that rap with the, with the sphere and doing that kind of surgery or reconnection or whatever, I'm not sure where that was. Do you? Well, let
1: where- me ask you another question. When you were watching season one, obviously I know the answer to this is one of those rhetorical ones, but <laughs> did you really think that seeing a rap would be so rare in the show so many seasons later. Like, you saw the first one, and and you were like, oh, maybe we'll see the raps all the time now. Right? No, we've
0: seen, like, two. It might be the same one. We don't even know. No, I mean, I I think that is definitely a burning question for everyone. Where exactly are they? Um, You know, because, well, yeah, Snyder saw one. He was down in that cave, or they let him – where did they take him to see one? Did he go – into like some like, I don't know, it looked like one of those like a a shipping container, right? Like I'm going to take you in the ice box. Right, they drove him over there. Yeah, so it's like, do they just have a few on display different places? But where where are the majority? I mean, he said there's like a couple hundred that have those spheres. So yeah. They can only spread out so far. mm -hmm. No, that's a good question. Anybody has any theories on that, let us know. All right, well, our next segment, and um, as the guest – Co-host tonight. I'll let you decide if you want to go first, play or pass. Um, who owned the episode?
1: Well, I'm going to play and make it really easy on myself because this is all coming back to the teaser I started the podcast with. Um, I'm Team Brassard, and I will be Team Brassard till the end of the show, even if something really bad happens to him, some kind of major catastrophe that's not fair. And I, you know, watch mm-hmm. my TV, but <laughs> here's my thing. Um, Over this season, Peter Jacobson playing Proxy Snyder has really just nailed the role, and this season right now currently, he has my – he's my favorite colony character so far this season because we haven't seen much of Bressard, mm-hmm. and we've seen so much of Snyder, and he definitely owned the episode. He, he did things in this episode that, that on, top of, on top of learning all the information we learned from him – He did so much in this episode, as character-wise, surviving. That It wasn't the proxy that we saw with a suit on that always had the upper hand. It was kind of a little bit of the proxy we saw in the green zone under the attack that time when he really didn't know what he was going to do next. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he's a more likable character when he has his hands up against the wall and not in an occupation kind of way but in like a real kind of way. In these tight spots, yeah. And some of his lines – was some of the best. Um, does he look like a smart man to you? Does your, does your does he seem like a man that will keep something like that quiet? Do I look like Captain Crunch? Yeah. He has said three of the funniest lines I've heard on TV over the last six months, and it all came from him.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, And yeah. I don't
1: even like the guy as a character. I, I'm <laughs> Team Brassard. Proxy Snyder's a rat. I'll stick with that theory. And I'm glad Jay's not listening or I hope he's not listening, but um, <laughs> Snyder owned the episode, and I give him credit. He... he He's growing on me like a mole. You know, like something you don't want and you need <laughs> medically
0: removed, but you kind of like, this is pretty cool and it's going to leave a nice scar, so I'll take it. <laughs> I love that description. I never heard that one for sure. All right. I think that's a, a, an excellent choice and, and when I was weighing my options, I considered Snyder as well. I'm going to go with Charlie, not just because it's the heartfelt choice, but, you know, he did. He was a hero. You know, his actions did save Gracie, but what I think was also very pivotal about charlie in the episode in that awful scene when he's lying there um, under the tarp and snyder sees his hand and lifts it up and recognizes that that's charlie i think that is going to make a difference in snyder going forward had he not seen had it not become personal and he's had he not seen one of the bowman's lying there you know he asked the other guy were there survivors did anyone get away you know he's trying to tell himself and convince himself that the Bowmans got away. He, he I mean, there's something there. He did not want them to die. He, d-
1: yeah. Let me ask you a question about that because I actually thought about that when I was watching it. And I was like, this is – because I was I was going to pick Charlie. I really <clears> was going to pick Charlie. So it's funny that you actually did. But um, when I was watching it, I said to myself, they must have said to themselves, we have a thousand ways that we have to – they, there's, there's a very limited amount of ways where you could justify him having to go back and for Snyder to have to look at the bodies. Where he's not just going to randomly go back and look at all these bodies in a pile. But when the um when the guy from the Grey Hat said, "Who's point the leader?" That to, point that the leader because we need to just uh, verify that the leader is gone and right. we took care of this situation. Um, I was like, wow, they really, they someone sat there when they were writing this episode and said, <laughs> "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we no loose ends. This is how, this is why Snyder's
0: gonna go here, and this is gonna trigger, you know." this might trigger something in his head right going forward right so yeah that was great writing to give him a reason to be there walking past those bodies seeing the tarp seeing the hand and then when he has that personal association with what happened i just think it could have could impact him you know significantly going forward had he walked out of there there just convincing himself oh there were some survivors some survivors got away are you going to chase them you know he was trying to basically come up with a scenario where they would be okay and then when he sees Charlie he knows they weren't all okay. So that I just think that could be a game changer for how he operates going forward in the story. But so But he saved four of them when they yeah, like, no, you know, when not, they all could have went. Like yeah. three of them could have went. <laughs> yeah, no that and that's not my argument about Charlie owning the episode. I'm just saying his role and his death and then that scene where Snyder sees that it's him, it makes it more personal and I think that could it could impact Snyder in a positive way or his decisions going forward. I don't know how it's going imp- to impact him well, but I but think it could make a difference.
1: That makes you another question. I think there's a possibility then that we do see Charlie in an episode or two going forward. It has kind of like a conscious to Snyder in the uh, background like,
0: you know, uh, you see that yeah. on TV
1: a lot these days and yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing more of Jacob Buster, you know what I'm saying? I
0: know, I know. Yeah, no, I mean that's, anything goes. I mean, you, they do use that in in television and storytelling sometimes you know just a sort of a hallucination of someone that's kind of affecting you but yeah yeah you know we see the themes are lost the parallels that you never know i'm just saying yep so that's um that's my logic for picking charlie for who owned the episode now once again play or pass the biggest reveal in the episode
1: Okay, I'm gonna play again because this reveal is not a big reveal for anybody. I feel except for me, um, I'm a team Broussard guy once again, and um, I just want to say that to, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did know. I just wanted to say that out there, you know, I, I'm team Broussard guy for you. If you do not understand, I'm team Broussard. All right, um yeah. no, for real. So um, I felt that that camp that had the Bugs Bunny guy and that had Noah there and even McGregor was at that same camp, obviously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I felt that was a different McGregor in a different time and that's not the same camp that it once was when, say, Noah left. Okay. So, um, I think the biggest reveal for me was that I've been wondering, who is this Bugs Bunny tattoo guy? (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, who's Broussard's buddy? And like I said, it it wasn't really pivotal to the episode. I mean, I guess it might have been because we found out that Vincent put a bullet in his back and killed him you know, after he called out McGregor for being a coward and said he's going to tell everybody, so we could kind of put the pieces together without having to see the scene. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like that was a big reveal because I thought that we were going to see at some point – I mean obviously we, they steered us in a different direction. But I thought the leader of the resisting camp, like when I first saw McGregor before they explained things, mm-hmm. I thought he was going to have the Bugs Bunny tattoo. Oh, yeah. I thought that that was going to be who, who it was. So to find out that it was that guy and that he's gone, gone. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to pop up out of nowhere and work with Broussard. So I felt like them revealing that might not have been a big deal for a lot of other people for the same reason as me, but it was a big reveal for me because now I, I like I like to know
0: those stories. You know what yeah. I mean? I, like to know
1: the, yeah, I want to know I what mean. happened to that guy. Like, is he going to be a big player in the game? Am I not? Am I overlooking him? Right.
0: I agree. I like it when things come full circle. At least you know you can, like, not drop that cross story. Him off the list. Yeah, but cross <laughs> him off the list. Yeah, it's like it's not bugging you in the back of your mind, like, what about that guy? Are they ever going to bring that guy in? Could he have something to do with it? You know? Yeah. Anything you can check off your list in this type of show is good because there are plenty more questions. So any of them that you can answer uh, is a good thing. So, all right. Well, this is about the time we usually rate the episode between one and 10 Josh Holloway hair flips, which the more hair flips, the better. So play or pass? I'm going to pass. Change it up. Oh, change it up. I like it. Um, I am going to go with a nine and a half. Josh Holloway hair flips. Very strong episode. Very difficult episode. Um, you know, emotionally, but it gave us so much to process. And um, I think it was filmed really well. Um, it almost kind of like an action movie there, especially at the end. Um, it just choreographed really well. And um, just seeing all that emotion, we saw we saw some heavy emotion from Katie, from Bram, from Will and in those interrogation scenes. It elicited a lot of strong emotion. We got these crazy um, you know questions about the rap and the, the sphere and consciousness and uh, great stuff from Peter Jacobson and Snyder. So I mean, I could go on and on, but I, I think it was really strong. I know I'm not going to hold out saying it's the best episode I've ever seen because I think there's even more to come, but nine and a half. Hmm,
1: that's very strong. It now, is very strong. If people know me, I'm very critical on my TV, you know, ratings for most mm-hmm. shows, and even Jake could attest that. You know, I send him my Colony rating on a Josh Holloway hair flips every week, no matter what. Uh-huh. So um, <laughs> he knows he could attest to this. I, I can be biased because this is my show, and I'm so critical on everything else, and it's okay to have a favorite child or whatever you want to call it, a favorite show, you know, mm-hmm. someone you baby in favor. So Colonies always get a 9 with episodes that don't have Brassard and a 10 with episodes that have Brassard in it because <laughs> I'm team Brassard for those of you who didn't, you know, hadn't picked that up, up yet. On that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but um, I, I'm giving this one, and I'm changing my rule just for this episode. I'm giving it a ten even though we didn't see no Brassard because I felt like there was a lot. Information. A lot of stuff happened. Um, I have to give the extra point because you know, Charlie. You know, my man. I'm, you know, I'm gonna miss you. So he's got to get the ten. I mean, if I could do higher, I would do higher, but I can't. So it's more. This is all for Charlie. Um,
0: yeah, Big I'm gonna 10. give it a ten. Big ten yeah, for Charlie. 10. Absolutely. I like it. I like it. I can. I can. I can concur with that. Nice. Um, now we. I skipped over my uh, biggest reveal. So, I'm going to jump back to that. Oh, um, I didn't. I, you played, and then I didn't play. So, <laughs> <Pressed>. I passed. <laughs> um, for me, it was, I guess, the red light and that communication. Yes. Um, I mean, just it, it it created more of a question than a reveal, but it, it tells us that there's more to this thing um, than just flicking the switch. And, um, you know, it's. Well,
1: do you want to know what Paul
0: Daly thinks from Daily Review? Sure. We love Daily Review. Tell us some good stuff from them.
1: He thought there was a possibility that maybe the, the, the rap was put in um, images in Vincent's head. Ooh. And that's why he had those reactions where we didn't hear anything.
0: Oh. but He was able to see those images to know what happened in Dallas. Maybe he saw Dallas. Oh, wow. Now, Paul Daly, he's got some really good sci-fi knowledge, a lot of depth there. So, I, you know, I tend to put a lot of credence with what Paul Daly says. So, Absolutely. yeah, I like that. That's very interesting. So, all right. Well, before we wrap up, did you want to hit on any predictions? I know you're fond of predictions. Um, actually, I have a couple things. The first thing I had was um, we saw that
1: the gunfight at the end of the episode was done during the day. And then we saw Broussard when he arrived. It was evening, early evening towards the night, I believe. Okay. So now my question is how far was that timeline? Mm. Was it the same? Yeah. Was it the same day? Was that, was that a 7
0: a.m. or a 10 a.m. and then a, a 9 p.m. or 8 p.m.? I don't know, but I think it could potentially be pretty close because they seemed like they were in the mode of clearing everything out. You know, they were, you know, they had the they had the the wrap, the, the click, you know, in this container and were carrying it off. Um, I, I was just, it was like they were doing, yeah, just kind of wiping out. So, so I think it could be close, but yet it almost seemed like the other the the conflict with that is it seemed like. Everything was almost too empty. Would they have cleared out the cabins and you know the residences and everything, or did I just miss see that? So I mean, I I guess I, it's I don't know. I, I I'm trying. Yeah, they didn't go. They didn't go far enough into the camp. We yeah. only saw him
1: pick up the shoe, so we right. don't know what we don't know. If the pile of bodies is still there, right? You know, we don't
0: we don't know if they even maybe the gray hats are still there, Clean it up. We don't exactly. Know. I mean, it, it did seem awfully empty, but they also, like I said, seemed in that clean up, let's clear this out, be done with this, wipe out this camp, and move on mode. So I think you can make an argument that it could be pretty close. And I don't know. Part of me is hoping that it's pretty close. I want these guys to connect up again. <laughs> So well, maybe. I got
1: some. Um, I also got some buzz from the block. Oh, I haven't heard you, you guys got? do that in a little bit. Okay, so we were on Colony Radio, and you were there as well, as well. And um, remember when um, J- Jacob said that he had received a Lego set, a big Lego set, from Josh yesterday. Yeah. Wednesday?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So uh, I'm listening to the Tara Bennett podcast because I can't get enough Colony podcasts. I mean, uh, of I course, 24 like hour prep every every Wednesday to through Thursday. This is my routine. More than but, what what Josh said, which I actually thought was really interesting, he told the same story about what Jake what he got Jacob, and he said that when he, after he gave it to him, Jacob came up to him and gave him a big hug, mm-hmm. and he said that hug was so emotional and so sad and so heartfelt that it really did kind of break his heart and make him out. I'm not, don't quote me on that. He didn't you know quote and say this, but yeah. the point is is that he said that he took that emotion, that feeling, and said, "Wow, this is really good stuff. I'm going to use this for the rest of the season going forward." So the oh. way I'm gonna I'm gonna show my re- emotions and reflect it. Yeah. So that sounds like we got some interesting, good Josh Holloway to look
0: forward to. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, yeah, he plays the the protective dad like no other. And now with this loss and him finding this other, you know, this other source, that's interesting to tap into, to display that emotion. Uh, yeah, it's gonna. I think we got some tough stuff ahead, but I think he will. Uh, he'll pull it off. Um, no. Yeah, that's I'm interesting. I'm and we'd... finish
1: up with my prediction.
0: All right. Like. Yes, okay. please
1: do. <clears throat> so I get bored and I just decide, hey, I'm going to come up with a quick plot for Colony season four. And I just write it down and I kind of just play with it a little bit. So this is what I got. Um, I have Gracie getting taken by the occupation to go to one of those camps that Hudson's at. So oh. she gets removed against Will and Katie's um, wishes. So now they, since they already lost Charlie this season, will do anything to go back and find her and get her back this allows the time jump what I alluded to earlier of you could say okay a year later and now it's okay for Gracie to be um, in different clothes and look a little older and different and you could change the way she looks to justify mm-hmm. the timeline and have them like you know maybe start the season with show in the end and then mm-hmm. you, now you have room maneuver to go flashbacks yeah now I know what you're thinking you're thinking what about Bram Brassard and Snyder well what if during the mix up Brassard and Bram get shuffled off together and, and run off and they become two resistance fighters that become a team that's on their own, isolated, that have to go and, you know, try to work their way to, for the same goal that the Bowmans have. At the yeah. same time, Snyder feels horrible about what happened, knows what the Bowmans are doing, and is trying to help the Bowmans get to Gracie without losing his spot in the
0: occupation. Mm, you heard it right here. Pete's predictions. I like it. Might have to get more of these going forward. Mmm. <laughs> put that under your hat for a while interesting you know and you got me thinking about the um the stuff with gracie too and you were talking about a time jump and trying to not age her too quickly i remember caroline bringing that up in like the first reaction podcast yeah that she could see how they were utilizing clothing and certain hairstyles and things when you said that earlier totally reminded of um caroline daly pointing that out so uh she was on top of her game there for sure so well this has been fun pete Thanks for hanging out with me and talking Colony, and uh, we'll have to do it again. We'll we'll get Jay back in here, but uh, you are certainly welcome back, and uh, we love those Pete's predictions. So, good stuff. It was an
1: honor. Thank you very
0: much. I appreciate it. We're going to sign off for now, and more Talk Colony next week. We do have an interview in the works, so uh, we'll keep you posted on that. It's going to be good. All right. Good night. Later we're going to leave you with some music from moon their song titled i got a fever which was featured in episode five of season one on colony you can find moon on itunes so check them out enjoy the music so you think you want me do you think you care